What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You will hear this voice. It's Larry Colmas. He is the voice of the Triple Crown NBC Sports. But we're about to find out uh, where else you could hear Larry as he joins us right now on the Announcer Schedules podcast as he jumps in to the podcast here. Larry, first off, we thank you and welcome you uh, to the Announcer Schedules podcast. Welcome aboard. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, nice to be on with you and have a little fun. Yes, uh, this should be fun because, you know, um, you have a very unique talent, I believe. Uh, I do a lot of play-by-play. We follow play-by-players, but not a lot of guys cross over to the horse racing game. Tell us how you kind of matriculated that direction. How did you land up as the voice of the Triple Crown? Well, I've always done horse racing. It, it, it started out uh, a, a unique way, I guess. My my father was the fellow that put in the sound system at the Maryland State Fair at Timonium, and they had a, a racing meet there. And so he would take me to the track uh, to help him along, and it, we quickly found out I was mechanically incompetent. That was not going to be happening. So I fell in love with the horse racing. I just started watching the races, uh, meeting all the people up in the press box, a lot of the characters at the track, and I'm like, I fit in. You know, I, I really like this a lot. And um, so I started watching races from around the country, listening to different race callers and their styles. There's so many different guys out there. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I can try this. And so I started practicing into a tape recorder in the press box at the Maryland tracks. And then one day the general manager at Pimlico heard me and said, let's get you started and we'll put you on the mic calling you one race a day. And I was 18 years old and I've been doing it ever since. It's uh, It's been a, a wild uh, rise to where I've, you know, ended up with NBC, never even imagined that would ever happen. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Well, Larry, you mentioned styles. And, 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 you know, as someone who listens to a lot of these play-by-players, I feel that the horse racing play-by-players have such a unique cadence and style. Um, do you agree that there is a special cadence and spot style and pacing that makes uh, you guys stand out? I, I think it, it definitely is uh, different from calling other sports. I think the closest people have said this, and I tend to agree, is hockey. 
uh, where there's just a, a lot of bang, bang, bang going on and you're just on top of it all the time. But as far as racing goes, I mean, there are a lot of different styles of of different guys around the country. Uh, and I, I think for myself, it, it became kind of a mishmash of everybody until you, you finally become you. Uh, and I don't really think about it. I just, I do it and you know, whatever, whatever, however it comes out, it comes out. So I, you know, I know I've talked to a lot of guys out there and in the broadcasting business and, and have, and have done play by play in a lot of sports and a lot of them, including guys like Mike Tarico and Bob Costas. They're like, I could never do that. You know, I agree. And I'm like, well, I, I can never do what you do either. You know, at least uh, as far as I know, but uh, it, it is different for sure. Larry, thanks a lot for, for joining us this morning. And, you know, you mentioned those early days and how you first got started as an 18-year-old and so forth. But can you take us from there once the opportunity started to get bigger and bigger and then ultimately with NBC? Yeah, sure. So I was uh, I was the backup announcer in Maryland for a couple of years in the mid-'80s. And then I got my first full-time announcing job in Birmingham, Alabama in 1987. Brand-new track there. Didn't last very long called the Birmingham Turf Club. Uh, and then uh, ended up getting the job out in Northern California at Golden Gate Fields in the San Francisco Bay Area for a few years. Then made my way east, uh, back to the East Coast, to uh, Boston, to Suffolk Downs, uh, which unfortunately is no longer with us either. And uh, also got the job in, in 1994 at Monmouth Park in New Jersey. And that's where I've moved to and I've lived ever since at the Jersey Shore. I've been uh, a resident here for, for many years. Um, after um, and during my years at Monmouth, I got the announcing job at Gulfstream Park in Florida, and I was working down there as the as the announcer. And uh, this was this was 2011. Now, I remember this very well. I'd been calling at Golden Gate for, or, excuse me, Gulfstream for you know several years, and it, it used to be a track that just ran in the winter, and the the meet was coming to an end. And uh, got a phone call. The phone rang in in the announcer's booth, and the, the fellow on the other side said, this is uh, Fred Godelli, and I'm the uh, producer for the Triple Crown for NBC Sports. We wanted to talk to you. I'm like, uh, okay, uh, what about, you know? And they're like, well, we we were wondering if you were interested in becoming the, the guy that calls the Triple Crown. And so first thing I thought of is, what jerk friend of mine is playing a joke on me? Uh, and... As it turned out, it was not the case. It was real. And I, I remember my immediate response was, that's Tom Durkin's gig, because he had done that for so many years, but they had not made it public that Tom was actually stepping down. So Fred reached me, and sure enough, a few days later, I'm on a plane to New York, and I'm at 30 Rock meeting with, with Fred, Rob Hyland, who went on to be our producer, Sam Flood, the executive producer for NBC Sports, and had lunch and answered their questions. And I remember I'm in, I'll never forget this. I'm in Fred's office getting ready to get out to go back to Fort Lauderdale. And so I can go back to work and they're, they're planning everything. And I, I look behind me and in walks Dick Ebersol, who's like the chairman of NBC sports and the NFL schedule just came out. So, uh, so he says to Fred, Oh, we got this game. We got this game. Cause Fred's also the producer for Sunday night football. And Fred's like, this is Larry. We're talking to him about replacing Durkin, you know, and, and he's like, all right, yeah, but we got this game and we got this game and we got this game. And then as Ebersol is walking out, he turns around, and he goes, hey, Larry, do you believe us now? 
<laughs> wow. And I'm like, oh, wow, he's busting my chops. This is a good thing. It's, uh, so we, I, I fly back to Florida. I'm meeting a friend at the airport. We go out to dinner, and I'm in the bathroom, and the phone rings. My cell phone rings, and it's Fred Gadelli saying, welcome to NBC Sports. And I remember I ran outside, and I screamed at the top of my lungs. I was so excited, and, and it was completely unexpected. And it's led to other things like becoming the announcer in New York for years, which I've unfortunately had have left that position in, at, at the New York Racing Association. But uh, now a dozen years of calling the Triple Crown, it's just crazy. What a moment for you. And uh, congrats, you know, and it's been great as uh, sports fans to have you ever since that moment that you described at NBC. Now, as far as, you know, your assignment on any given race day, when it comes to that network level, what does that look like for you, a day in the life uh, for you as far as preparing for the race and then actually calling the race, as opposed to perhaps working full time at some of these tracks that you described? Well, as far as the Kentucky Derby goes, that's the that's the race that takes the most preparation. And uh, to me, that that actual preparation begins in the winter when you start watching the stakes races uh, of the prep races for the Kentucky Derby, and you start to get to know the horses and, and get them in your head and, and start to get a feel of, of what it's all about. Uh, and then when we get close, you know, maybe two weeks out, I make these flashcards of all the jockey silks. And that's how we separate the horses is the silks that the jockeys wear. It's the easiest thing to see. And so I'm constantly like for two weeks, just 10 times a day going through my flashcards of who the horses are, who the jockey's going to be, what their running style is, the whole thing. And then um, you, you get to Kentucky Derby Day, you know, and we're there all week. I usually get there Tuesday of Derby Week, and, and we have meeting after meeting. Uh, and when we don't have a production meeting, I go upstairs to where I'll call the Kentucky Derby and practice calling races from that booth. I uh, just get a feel for calling the live racing from Churchill Downs. And then, then Derby Day, uh, you know, you got your, your meetings in the morning, whatever you got to do. Uh, you know, they put makeup on me because I'm on camera for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, but by the time you, you get upstairs, you know, it's, it's, it's time to go. And you call these uh, the undercard races. And then there's the, the race between the Kentucky Derby or before the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Derby. And that hour and 15 minutes is complete torture because all you do is like, oh, God. Larry, yeah, it, it, if, if you take <laughs> us inside, like, there is a video of you calling the race. They kind of have the camera on you. It doesn't appear that it's like a normal broadcast booth. It almost looks like you have a suite to yourself and that you get to just kind of let it all go in that room. It looks like a very unique setting to be able to be the play, but there's no color analyst with you. You've got it. You've got the room to yourself. You are taking us home. It is a teeny tiny suite. It's not very big, <laughs> but, but it is. So the they're best not serving drinks or food in there. Yeah, well, whatever we can find. Usually, uh, you know, we, we send people out to, you know, get us something to eat or whatever. So with me, it's, uh, it's me and my audio person, the A2, who is there. And they, uh, for years, it was a lady named Sarah Lee, and she just uh, she just retired, and Andrea was with me this year. And so she's, when the Derby is running, she's standing right behind me, but it's just us, and it's a teeny tiny room. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but but I, I, I do get into it. Yeah. I don't even know I'm doing it. Like, all this 
fist pumping. I don't even know I'm doing it, you know, because I'm just well, so Well, you got excited. the binoculars in one hand, you're yeah. fist pumping in the other. I mean, it's a scene, man. I love it. Good thing I don't drop them, right? Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, uh, on that, uh, you're talking about being in a suite at Churchill Dow's. You've called races at Saratoga, which is thought to be the oldest uh, athletic venue in the country. I've been there numerous times. Just walking in there to watch a race is awesome. But calling a race from that place must be a complete memorable experience. It's fantastic. And and, and the the announcer's booth at Saratoga, as far as sight lines, is absolutely terrible. (laughs) But it's it's Saratoga, so you don't care. Awesome. You know, it's it's such a great place. There's there's all these like poles in the way, and you know everything like uh, you know reflections off of car windshields. You're too low, you know, but you don't care. You're at Saratoga, and it's it's fun. You it's know? unbelievable. It's, you, you mentioned. I wish I was still there, to be honest with you. It's just it's unfortunate that I'm no longer calling there, but uh, but it it is. It, it's a great place, and and when you step onto the grounds at Saratoga, you just get that special yes. feel. It's just it's just one of those places like Fenway or Yankee Stadium. A thousand percent. You mentioned that you're at the Jersey Shore, as am I. I'm down here in the Ocean City area. I, I, mm-hmm. I equate going to Saratoga like I'm walking on the Ocean City boardwalk. It's just like there's family and fun and food, and here's this amazing track that just opens up, and you're like, it's just a, almost like a city within itself, that horse uh, track, the way the community comes out. It is truly special. Larry Colmas is with us. Um, you mentioned Monmouth Park. I guess you kind of uh, got some national fame for a race you called there, August twenty second, 2010. Uh, I played this race in the car for my girlfriend and my friend's wife. They laughed so hysterically 
that I had to play it for him a second time because they couldn't hear your call. I'm sure you know which call I'm talking about, but is that a call that uh, people still talk about uh, that race at Monmouth Park? So there's two horses that are completely coincidentally in the same race named My Wife Knows Everything and The Wife Doesn't Know. And I did not even realize until maybe two hours before the race that they were even in the same race because their numbers were so far apart in the program. You know, so you're and I'm like reading the racing form and it said, oh, this should be an interesting race call. I'm like, what? What should be an interesting race call? I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, these two are in the same race. And so my first thought is just don't mess it up. Just get their names right and just let it happen. So the horses are racing down the backstretch. And, you know, after you call so many races, you can get a feel as to what horses are, you know, are, are doing better in the race than others and, you know, who's going to make a move. And I'm I'm looking and I'm like, you know, these horses are both running really well. And they're heading into the turn. And I remember just I had a friend of mine that was sitting on the couch in the announcer's booth at Monmouth, which is a lot bigger than the booth at Churchill where I call the Derby. And I turned around and I just go like this. And because I, I know what's going to happen. My wife knows everything and the wife doesn't know. Take over. They're first and second, and they come all the way down the stretch that way. And, of course, my wife knows everything wins. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was so funny. And I just figured I'd get a couple of, you know, chuckles from text messages from friends. Next thing I know, I actually went up to Saratoga just to hang out at the races there on Monday, back in the, when they were running on Mondays. And I get a call from Monmouth Park. It's like, we need you to come back. I'm like, why? We don't run again until Wednesday. They're like, well, uh, the CBS morning show wants you on inside edition wants you on. I'm like, what? Uh, and it just blew up. You know, there were, you know, millions of uh, views on YouTube and it, it, and I'm like, this, this is a claiming race. You know, it's it not was a- amazing. <laughs> it, and, and by the way, you handled it great. When they both got neck and neck, you threw in there so casually, of course they are neck and neck. I mean, it was so well done. You've also called multiple triple crown winners. We didn't get one for a while. You've got two. Uh, how do those races kind of stand out when you're at uh, the Belmont and getting that opportunity when they've got the first two? Is that race a different feel from ones that don't have that horse in that moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, when when you have a triple crown on the line uh, at the Belmont Stakes, it is dramatically different than a Belmont Stakes without a triple crown on the line. And and I, you know, when, when American Pharaoh... Uh, won the Preakness, as soon as they crossed the wire, I'm like, oh my, here we go. Because, I mean, I, I've had it a couple of times. I had it with, I'll have another who was scratched the day of the Belmont Stakes. He won the first two legs. And then the year before we had California Chrome, I'm like, here we are again. You know, but this time, unlike California Chrome year, I was also the voice of Belmont Park. So I'm calling it for both NBC and for the racetrack. For the first time and and tom durkin who called it belmont for 24 years never got to call a triple crown he was like oh for nine horses that were going for the triple crown and i'm and like the the whole lead up to the race and and i i kept talking to different people and the one guy that i respect so much that we worked with for nbc for so many years and is a dear friend tom hammond uh we we talked and i said tom couple of people have said I should just kind of wing it and just be natural for the call. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, like, I don't think that's right. He goes, I remember exactly what he said. He says, Larry, if you're going to call a moment of history, you better have the right thing to say. And I'm like, exactly. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, what's everybody thinking? 
you know, um, he's finally the one. The 37-year wait is over. You know, and, and all these thoughts are in my head. And thank goodness that American Pharaoh let me do it. You know, he won the race by, you know, five and a half lengths. And I was all the things that I was wanted to say in the call, I was able to say because of this amazing horse. And, um, you know, I, I, when it was over, it was like, oh, my God, I just called the first Triple Crown in 37 years. And, and the other cool part of that story, guys, is that it was 30 years and one day from my first ever race call on the microphone. Wow. That I got to call American Pharaoh winning the Triple Crown. 30 years and one day. And I'm like, I, I can't believe this. And then, of course, three years later, we get to do it again with Justify. And I felt bad for Justify because American Pharaoh took all the steam out of it, you know, by winning it in 15. But it was still a tremendous feat because only 13 horses have done it. And, and was that, that day at Belmont Park, was there's nothing that could ever beat it. And then more history, Larry, this past summer, you know, just a couple months ago at the Kentucky Derby, Rich Strike, you know, 80 to one long shot. Can you take us through that call, that final stretch? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I've tell, told other people, and, and this is, I, I'd rather, I wish I had picked him up sooner, you know, because, you know, he sort of just came along at the very end and I just picked him up at the very end of the race, but it, it worked out okay. What what happened was these, you know, here come the, the two favorites that we were expecting, Epicenter and Zandon. They had both made their moves. They've taken the lead. I'm like, all right, so we got a, we got the derby we expected. These two big horses are going to hook up, you know. And so a lot of times you're looking, if for anything coming from behind, you're going to look outside rather than inside because usually that's where they're coming from. And so I, I kind of took a peek back and I saw another horse. And then, and as I'm just like, they're getting closer to the wire. I see this red and white blur and it's the silks of rich strike. And thank God there was only one horse in the 20 horse derby with red and white silks. It was rich strike. So I see, I see this horse blasting through on the inside. And I'm just like, rich strike. And, and it just like, I'm like, what? It can't be rich strike because he has got no chance. The horse just doesn't figure whatsoever in the race is the last horse he'd be looking for. And, and here he is. And he wins the Kentucky Derby. And it was like, it was like no other Derby I'd called because it, it was just so unexpected and so late that he made his move. And, and it was crazy, but uh, I'm glad I picked him up. And uh, the Churchill Downs track announcer, Travis Stone picked him up at the exact same time I did. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course you, you get, I, I love the comments on Twitter, you know, you're, and YouTube, it's either the greatest race call of all time or you're a, a moron because you didn't pick up the horse sooner. Uh, so <laughs> I think it's somewhere in between those two, to be honest. It was very good. It was, but, and watching the video of you, I think just adds to it to see you just how shocked you were and the, how emphatic you were about how much of a shock this was. You nailed it with the video and everything, and, and it was um, a fantastic season. Uh, as always, uh, Larry Comus, we appreciate you jumping on board. Great stories. Uh, obviously, uh, the Triple Crown season is in the books, but now what for Larry? Uh, this summer, I'm, I'm going to be home here at Monmouth Park uh, working for TVG as an analyst. Uh, so that's something new that I've been doing for the last year, TVG, the Horse Racing Network. Uh, I just talk about the races in between them rather than call them. My next race-calling job will be at Kentucky Downs 
which uh, runs in September, and it's all the way down at the Tennessee border. Uh, great racing, huge purses, and one of the hardest places to call races you could imagine. The, the, the zigs and zags of this racetrack are unlike any track in America. So I'm going to be doing that. And then, of course, at the, in the fall, I'll call the Breeders' Cup for NBC at Keeneland. So uh, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun and, and looking forward to going back there to Lexington and, and uh, calling the Breeders' Cup again, which is always a, a lot of work, and a, but a lot of fun because uh, it's always great racing. Uh, he's the voice of the Triple Crown, horse racing in general. Now, have you called other sports? Have you called any baseball, basketball, football? Uh, is there other play-by-play that you have done? I have not, believe it or not. Wow. I've only been racing, and I've, I've wanted to. Um, you know, there was there was talk when I was first working for NBC about maybe doing some track and field, and and they had asked me to do a track and field meet, and I, I was doing racing, you know, at, at Gulfstream, and I couldn't get away. And so the opportunity never came again, um, you know, but, but I, I would be, I mean, I'm a big fan of other sports, especially, especially baseball. I love baseball. You know, my, my friends here in, in Jersey hate the fact that I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, and my, my friends in Maryland where I grew up hate that I'm a Red Sox fan, but I am, I'm sorry about that for my uh, Suffolk Downs days. But uh, you know, I love all sports. The other sport I love to watch is golf. I just think it's so much so much fun to watch golf and people are like why why is it so much fun and i'm just it's just it's just the something about it i can't even explain what it is but i could just sit at home and watch golf all day well we appreciate you jumping on with us here and uh, obviously uh we wish you luck in the future hopefully you get another triple crown hope you get another long shot hopefully you can continue to entertain us with your calls larry colmas the voice of the triple crown on nbc sports and he was kind enough to join us here on the announcer schedule podcast thank you so much larry you're Thanks, very larry. welcome